guys, what's up? It's Simone. Hey guys, it's Jay. And welcome to the Dating Game Podcast. Hey guys, what's up? It's Simone. <laughs> Sorry, just one more time. One more time. Hey guys, what's up? It's Simone. Hey guys, it's Jay. And welcome to the Dating Game Podcast. Whoop, whoop. Okay, this is the third time that we're recording the intro because we started the topic and then we just went off on one and then we disagreed on the structure and then we had to come back <laughs> and start again because it is a difficult topic that we're going to be talking about today, as you can probably tell by the title. Yes, I agree. I think it's going to be up and down. We're going to be exposing ourselves and I think... It's what I'm saying. It's just we just have to. We're going to be. I think this is one of our most vulnerable uh, episodes. It's, it's how I felt with narcissism. I had to really breathe in and out for that one. But I mean, you know, it's 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 a hard. It's a difficult one, and it mm. yeah, it's a difficult one. Yeah, I think also because it's not really something that we talk about as friends. Yeah, that's you true. Know, I think we know a lot about each other. We know a lot about you know our history and how we're feeling and emotions etc but I think this is one of the things that we haven't gone into detail with with ourselves so in a way I feel like I'm talking to you about this as a stranger like yeah like I've got my assumptions and I've got my you know my deductions from certain things that you've said but we haven't had this conversation <laughs> yes it's very true very very true and um it's just going to see different sides you know and I, I do think actually being your friend that it's it although you are one of my closest friends and you know me inside out so to speak I feel like some areas you know we don't really touch on because of the sensitivity around it and you don't know you know what what questions is too far what isn't too far and we've been friends a long time so yeah it's a difficult one it's a difficult episode yeah and we haven't even started yet so (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah so we'll see but yeah so today guys we're talking about the topic daddy issues um I think in our last introduction (laughs) Jay mentioned that the term daddy issues has very much been coined by the media so you hear it everywhere you see it on social media you see it on tv film songs Tiana Taylor has a song called daddy issues and it's it almost (laughs) it paints a picture like daddy issues affects everyone and everyone's got daddy issues which may be true a lot of us do have sort of not issues, but we have things between us and our parents that we haven't yet resolved. I think the, yeah. the more that I talk to people, the more that I see, like, okay, everybody's got issues when it comes to parents, whether Definitely. you grew up with your parents or not. Um, but I think that when it comes to us as women, I think that daddy issues very much finds itself creeping into our relationships and you can't really avoid it. Like you can't. Yeah. I don't know about that statement. I mean, yes and no. Maybe I'm so indifferent about that statement because I just don't want that to be, I don't want it to be that, if that makes sense. So I'm just trying to avoid it at all costs. I don't want to talk about yeah. it. I don't want to discuss it. I don't want, even want it to be an influence. So I'm I'm running away from that that possibility. I hear it. I hear it. And I think as turbulent as my history has been with my dad, 
I've never wanted to ever say that I have daddy issues. It's yeah. only like recently that I'll say it in jest, but I'll never be like, yes, I have daddy issues. Like, I don't want to mm-hmm. be labeled with that. I don't, yeah. I don't want that title. I don't want to give myself that title. I don't yeah. want anybody else to give me that title. So I definitely stay away from it. So I totally get what you mean. But in so many words, I do think that certain, um, certain patterns that occur can be rooted back to those early relationships or lack of relationships one million percent is I I can't I can't um remember entirely but there's this um some there's an article I wrote and it um, I wrote sorry an article I read and it said something like um when between the ages of like one and five you pick up so much you know, and it actually influences you for your later years, but you don't realise, do you? Because, you know, you don't realise until you look back into your history and you think, okay, that's how I felt. That's what I felt like, blah, blah. You know, so mm-hmm. many people I feel like go along life sometimes ignoring the past. And I don't feel like the past makes you who you are to some extent. I feel like you can build your own future um, with given the influences around you and what you can make of it. But I think that sometimes when if we deep, if we dig deeper to the beginnings and really to understand how we felt and our emotions, we can probably get more understanding of how we feel now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So, okay. Do you think that your relationships with your parents are in, are very influential to how you form relationships now? Yeah. Rather, let me rephrase it. Do you agree your relationships with with your parents affect your relationships with people now? Yeah, to some extent. (laughs) To some extent. Um, Because I, 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 I said when I was when I was recording this previously, our first um, introduction. Try trial. Um, I, I said that I believe that you either try to be like your parents, you reject being like your parents, or you go along with life without even the consideration of anything, and you just become influenced. You just go along life trying to work it out. So I feel like I've tried to reject, um, mainly because, um, yeah, mainly because. You know, when I was younger, my dad actually introduced me to a lot of films um, mm. like Disney. And that's why everybody knows I'm obsessed with Disney. And not even because of my dad, but just I was I had it all the time, like on continuously. And I think because I didn't see love within my household, I latched onto these films and said, OK, that's what I think love should be. Mm. So what I'm realising and as everybody knows, I'm like a hopeless romantic. And not until maybe a year and a half ago, two years ago, that I realised I was saying and doing things and waiting for this Prince Charming to arrive when he doesn't exist. Mm-hmm. And it's taken me this long, and I'm 29, to understand that that doesn't exist. So what I've done is looked at my mum and dad and said, I don't want to be like that. And I've, and I've tried to be, I've tried to repel and do, do the exact opposite. But what I think I've happened is that I've relied on men to make my happy ever after. Mm-hmm. Um and that's the deepness of it. And I think with the relationship with my dad, films was almost a cover-up to some extent to make me see a world that 
wasn't my reality. I see. You think it was, he used it as a cover-up? So I don't believe my dad used it as a cover-up. I think we just enjoy films. Um, However, I feel that, I feel like I just latched onto it. And because there wasn't any love, what I can see in love or in examples of love, I felt like, I I felt like whatever I did, I tried to be, I would try to reject. And in my later life, I remember saying to, to to one of my exes that all I want, I was like to him, all I want is just somebody just to come and just sweep me off my feet. And I realised me saying that was literally replicating something that I probably saw when I was younger <laughs> or what, what I've seen in the film. Um, and it's, it's only because I didn't have any examples of what love is, I think, mm. growing up. Or just, yeah, growing up. Yeah, no, I understand that. So do you, can you tell us a bit more about what your relationship with your dad was like? Um, it's like currently as well so I would say I have a good relationship with my dad um, now um, and I think I've always have been Um, so just to give everybody context my mum and dad are not together they have not been together since I was about six years old or five years old Um, but my mum she sacrificed a lot in order for me to see my dad she she used to allow my dad to see her um, sorry allow my dad to see us all the time like all the time every day um but we're not talking about mummy issues right now but I think there were pros and cons to that um and I don't think I saw them until later life um I think uh the relationship with my my dad was always good because he had previous children from another relationship and because um that was a bit of a weird relationship and he wasn't able to see them I think he just valued the fact that he had access to us um, and took advantage of that to say, well, this is my new beginning because of the other relationship before. Um, so I think, yeah, the relationship between me and my dad are, is good. We've had a different relationship in the sense of, I don't think I've seen, I saw my dad as my dad until, until <laughs> I was about 17, actually. I, th- I felt like my dad was more of a, a friend Mm. um so the relationship was very different I didn't see him as a father I saw him as like a big brother which is really odd I think people think that's so weird Mm. um but it's only because I think my mum had very masculine traits so um I think it was I was able to be like playful you know it's like good cop bad cop my dad my mum was a bad cop my mum my dad was a good cop so to speak so when he came he came with chocolate bars oh daddy's here like that's how it was um as opposed to um being like he wasn't there all the time I saw him for like two hours a night or one hour a night so that time was like the best time ever (laughs) do you know what I mean so um that's how the relationship was when we were younger which watched a lot of films it's interesting that you say that you didn't think you had a father or you didn't see him as a father until you were 17 so what what does what does him as a father look like to you? What what does that did you not see him as a protector, as a provider, as a or what does a father fatherhood mean to you? And what did you what did you not see in him that you feel he you feel that a father should have? I think when I was younger, a father was present, and because my dad wasn't present all the time, 
I felt like he was like a, a good friend that visited me every so often. Yeah. <laughs> so, and it was good times. Like that's that's basically what I felt like. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, it's when I was seventeen, something happened. I don't need. To, I don't really need to go through it. But something happened. Not like terrible, but something just happened, and it just changed the dynamics of what I was like. Oh yeah, he is my dad. That's my dad. You know, that's that's what happened that time. But. I think it's literally because I uh, the only example I had at the time of a father figure was my auntie's and my husband and her husband's relationship, my uncle's relationship. And there, when I saw a father, I saw them as the provider giving money all the time or just um, being able to do DIY. Like he did, like uh, I saw, like he did like things around the house. He used to cook or whatever. He was a, he is a good dad. Mm-hmm. That was the only example I had. So I just, in my head, I thought, oh, that, like, I know he's my, my dad, my dad is my dad biologically, but I think um, I felt like he wasn't presently there. So I couldn't put that label on my dad, if that makes sense. He was always the fun thing that used to come now and again. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Mm. Yeah. No, I get that. I understand that. I do understand that. It's interesting because, yeah, obviously, like, you know, I think when we were growing up and going to school, like it was, I, you always talked about your dad a lot and you, and you, you know, you've always been evidently very close to your dad and that, you know, you, yeah. you know, you called him, he was your daddy and mm. you had like nicknames for each other, that kind of stuff. And it was like nice to see that you did have a good relationship, even though it wasn't for long, even though, you know, you at the time it was like oh you know you know JC's her dad and it's really lovely and they see he comes by every day and etc but then I guess it's different your your dad coming by to your house for a couple of hours a night is different to you going and staying with him that's different that's kind of when you stop seeing and I was speaking about this with someone else as well I don't remember who it was but someone was talking about like I guess like custodial rights right so like Mm. having visiting rights is very different to then allowing your child to go and stay and then have a home at someone else's house that's very different isn't it yeah one million percent and I think um the thing is when I talk I talk talk about my dad very affectionately because like I said he held the role of being good cop and I'm not to I know now in my later life that I understand that's the role he played maybe on purpose we don't know and I'm not gonna ask him that but you know, that could be of the reason. But what happened was, I think, the, uh, the problem with this, the dynamic was my mum was suffering a lot from this. And I think what happened was um, he wasn't there for, like, uh, like uh, what I think a dad should be there to do. So, for example, like being there for plays or being there for taking me to tap dancing that my dad, my mum did every single Saturday and doing those things that I thought that I think a father should do so this is why he had that role of being my best friend to some extent as a man but I he was my dad obviously daddy da, da, da. but it's like there was still a lot that he was not doing trust me and I spoke about him affectionately because he was giving me that good cop he was giving me those films he was giving me those chocolate bars he was giving me those good things so yes I was talking about him so affectionately mm-hmm. but there was times that he would do certain things that I used to maybe ignore or I I, I didn't really want to open my eyes to mm-hmm. um that my mum suffered a lot with mm-hmm. so and not until I was older till I saw that because I was very angry at my mum, so to speak. But 
now I'm older, I can understand. And I think my brother has a different relationship to my my dad because my dad, my mum, my brother is a mummy's boy and we, he knows that. And I think what happens is he saw the side that I just didn't want to, I chose not to see. Yeah. And that's why his his relationship is very different to my dad. And that's interesting. Oh, sorry, brother, to me. Sorry, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Your brother's a lot younger than you as well. So it's interesting that he would have sought, seen a different side unless your dad changed. Um, or, I don't know. It's his opinion, I guess. But I think um, at the end of the day, my brother was almost like an only child when we went to university. So I think his perception of what my mum went through was very um, amplified, I think. I, I I think I got it even, I think at moments I got it worse, but I think because um, he was very close to my mum my, my and he was almost like an only child for a good, good length of time, mm. I think his perception is very different. And I think um, I was able to have a bond with my dad a bit more faster because I was the first child of my mum. So yeah. that probably is part of it. That's what we should do another episode on <laughs> siblings, the eldest middle child syndrome. I actually ask people that. Do you have middle child syndrome? <laughs> it's yeah. real, mate. I'm telling you now. <laughs> yeah, no, no, I definitely do. No, I often, <laughs> I often think about it. And I, and I was thinking about it, about it the other day as well. Like, you know, they talk about, um, I can't remember what they call it. I think it's placement in the family and it has a, it, definitely makes a difference as to kind of like how you are in relationships and this and the other One million percent. Um, and they were saying that like only and not only children the firstborns shouldn't date lastborns or something like that anyway. <laughs> I can understand that definitely <laughs> I've seen it recently shit <laughs> and it is it's interesting actually because my so my little sister she used to have a friend who was the firstborn of two and my little sister was obviously like the last of four and they acted so different this is when this is when they were in primary school but we could see that they were the same age they were best friends but this girl who was the firstborn she was just so independent she you know she'd go off and do her own thing she'd boss my sister around all the time she was like miss bossy boots and then my little sister was just, you know, she just, you know, happy and wanted to please everyone and, you know, this and the other. And you just, you just saw the difference. It was like they were different ages completely. It's quite interesting, actually. Quite interesting. Yeah, it is. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, no, yeah. okay. That, that's interesting. That's interesting. Um, I think, oh. sorry, what were you going to say? Nothing. Go on. <laughs> <laughs> the, the phrase I was told that I told you not to say. <laughs> no so um yeah I mean I think oh god I don't know how I was what I was trying to say here actually so I'm gonna say yeah so I think yeah so I think that my shit man yeah I think it's interesting though like how your siblings will perceive your parents differently so I guess in my situation it was quite similar in a way so my mum initially it was me and my older brother for a long time there was a quite a big gap between me and my and my brother who came next um so you know the two of us we were raised by my mum and then my dad wasn't around like would like visit occasionally I've got like a handful of memories of him when I was younger mm-hmm. and um 
like the earliest memory or one of the earliest memories that I have is like my brother my, my dad my dad had had a reputation for saying he was going to come and not come like you know traditional like you know you know in, in all the grime songs they talk about you know my dad's at the window and my dad didn't come and like <laughs> that kind of like yeah. that's basically like our life so my dad had a reputation of not like turning up so there was at one time that I remember where he just again he said he was going to come it got to evening time he didn't come and my bro- my older brother was like crying, like bawling his eyes out, like crying, crying, crying. And I was looking at him like, I, I must have been, oh, I definitely was younger than six, six or, mm-hmm. six or younger, because we were at my old house. And I remember like looking at my brother and just watching him and being like, oh my gosh, he's crying. And then I, and he'd be like, oh, I hate my dad, I hate my dad. And I was like, and I hate my dad too. And I hate, like, because I was just mirroring what I was seeing. Like he was making yeah. my brother cry. So therefore I was also upset at this person making my brother cry. But I never really saw, I was always a mummy's girl. Like I never really even associated this man as being a part of my life. He was like, you know, he was dad because, oh, everyone has a dad and, oh, this is my dad. But he wasn't dad like I had an actual personal relationship with him. Mm-hmm. Um, and my mum always tells a story of like, I went, mum said to me, oh, why is, why is Daniel crying? And I was like, oh, because his dad didn't turn up. Because in my <laughs> mind, it's like, it wasn't our dad, it was his dad. Because I just didn't, yeah. have, I just didn't have that personal relationship with him. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously I was upset, whatever that he was upset. So I think from quite early my brother knew that our dad was disappointing and that you know he wasn't there and of course you know my brother cared about his dad cared about having a relationship with his dad because he's a boy and you know that's what boys that's really what boys want and need Mm. um but he always kind of knew from you know quite early that he wasn't really there for him whereas I was in this kind of space of naivety when I was younger and as I got older my dad started to make a bit more of an effort so then I would see him a bit more Mm -hmm. and I gave him a bit more of a bligh when I saw him but then when I didn't see him I didn't really care really Mm. when I was younger so then my my, and then my one by the time my little brother came around he just didn't really have it was just too small to even kind of have a relationship with my dad so um when we when so he passed away when I was 15 and it was interesting because my brother my older brother will point out that we all responded very differently obviously we were all like sad devastated my older brother was upset we told him and he was very upset I was like distraught like you know and, and it was bizarre because it was like Someone had told me that someone had died and passed away. But I, before I had even had time to register who that person was, I was bawling my eyes out kind of thing. And it's, it's a response that I never really thought I would have, but I did because there was almost still room for that potential of a relationship. And then my younger brother was just too young again. So, See, I find that quite interesting, sorry to interject, because I remember when your dad passed away, and I remember it so clearly, it was in Mrs. Rachel's form group. I was and... trying to remember her the other, I was trying to remember her name the other day, because I saw a picture, I saw a <laughs> form group picture on Facebook, and I was like, that was my form teacher, but I can't remember her name for the life of me. Okay, well done, thanks. 
yeah, wasn't it her form tutor group? Sorry, and <laughs> sorry, I'm not. I don't mean to laugh, but it was just really funny. We came in from summer holidays. Yeah, we all came in, and um, I remember you sitting down, and it was the man in the in the middle of us, and um, we were talking, and you're like, "Yeah, my dad just passed away in the summer," and I was like, "Hold on." <laughs> crazy like I just didn't know how to react I was like are you joking your dad just passed away and you just was literally it was like because you said you're distraught and I I not in a rude way but I did not we didn't see that stage because you were literally I would say the, the expression would be numb like <clears throat> there was no reaction no nothing mm. and it was just like we didn't even know how to, me and mom was just like not really know what to say what to do I was like are you okay because <laughs> you wasn't reacting in any way like it was really bizarre actually I've never I haven't ever seen that before to be honest. <laughs> yeah I, I actually remember it when you say it and when you put when you put Zaman in the picture I do remember that I do remember that but the thing is obviously time had gone past because I think it happened a week before or like 10 days before and <laughs> I'm not even, I can't. <laughs> okay, eight time, a couple, a little bit of time had passed with it. So it was a bit different, a little bit of time had passed. And I remember my mum being like, do you want to go to school? And I was like, yeah, I do want to go to school. Anyway, a bit of time had passed. And a lot had happened in that time. It was all very whirlwind. Um, but also, I, even to this day, I find it very difficult being like, my dad's passed away like, or my dad died when I was 15 because people when they think dad they say they think you know storybook dads dad who's always there dad who you have a close relationship with dad he's da 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 whereas uh, my relationship with him was so different that it was uh, you know for me to my dad dying will be is very different to like obviously you and Zaman are very close to your dads so that would be very 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 different oh, that sounds awful to say and very disrespectful to my situation but it's just different so you know I always felt bad not bad but it it felt all very awkward for me to say my dad died because I knew the response that people would expect me to give and I just wasn't giving that and so yes I I get it but it was it was just it was just so different and I think that's kind of yeah because I never probably never even spoken about my dad to you before much at all so you know, for me, then suddenly be like, oh, yeah, this guy passed away and I'm just, da, 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 da. It, was, it would just have been all been very, very, very strange. But yeah. And but I think because I did have like so few memories or I did have like, you know, obviously, like I said, he did start to make more of an effort in, the, you know, the few years before he passed away, um, which obviously very grateful for um, having even that small amount of time. But because when I was younger, that foundation hadn't really been set up the relationship that I just have is just it, it was just so different and it's not and because I was a mummy's girl I didn't care it's not until me in my in my mid-20s and I'm looking around and I'm thinking hey, maybe I do have a couple couple two two things that I could really do with resolving in therapy because they do start to haunt you and I don't I not haunt you I guess but they start to kind of like unpack themselves, don't they, as you get older and as you start to kind of date and start to form more serious relationships. When you're younger, you, for some people, not everyone, but I think for me, I didn't even think about it in my younger years. But when I started to then think seriously about relationships and start thinking about the men that I was picking and the men that I wanted and then the men that I was getting, Mm -hmm. I was like, yeah, 
two, two things here that just not, you know, not really adding up here. Maybe there's something here. Do you know what I mean? And I think, I think I've always found men really mysterious. I've always found men very like difficult to understand. And I mean, men are anyway, but I think, I think that I find them really, really difficult and just they're almost like mystery creatures. And I think when I look at the relationships that I had in my twenties, I'm talking like I wasn't just 20 last month, the relationships that I had in my twenties or my, let's, yeah, let's say like that period of 24 to 28 or whatever. If I look at those relationships, I treated men like they were these mysterious things that I had to, that I had to decode as opposed to mm-hmm. normal human beings that I'm trying to form a relationship with. Yeah. See, I, you're going to find it's funny, but I think you already know how I feel about this. So I find this quite interesting because I would say, I know your dad passed and I know there's a lot that's unraveling, like you said, unpacking and it's, it's, it's like I said, it's difficult and different situation, right? And it's always difficult in terms of loss. It's the knowing that there's potential and how to deal with that, that there could have been, and we don't know. Mm. But I think it's interesting because you had a, you have a stepdad. Mm. So when you're talking, I find it very interesting because my situation, my mum never moved on. So again, I never had any examples of what love is. But when I look at other people, regardless of it's stepdad or not, I feel like you've got it constantly. So I think it's interesting. Of course, your dad is your dad, no matter what, in that sense. But I feel like you've had, you've got examples. And I think for me, I've always been very frustrated in that fact that I, and I do feel it for people that's kind of like me, that's with a single parent, that, that we don't have any examples and I've never had examples because even when I was born, like my mum and dad weren't really together in that sense. So it's very much like I, I, and I even today, the other day, even before we was talking about this, I did think to myself, do I actually know what a loving relationship is? Mm-hmm. I actually don't know. I don't think I do know. The only people that I can think of is my mum, my grandma, my grandpa, probably, but that was very, I was very young. Mm-hmm. Um, but apart from that, I don't think I do because <laughs> the people that I thought they were, things have happened let's not say about this but I'm just saying I just don't I don't know if I know what that is um so that's why the latching on to um films is important to me and it's something that I've now understood that it's not reality which is sad because I love films (laughs) but it's not but what do you make of that then that situation what I just said in the sense of understanding that your stepdad was very present and and it's an example of what man you could have or replicate in your dating life? I think I'm just going to backtrack slightly. I think that that your kind of image of not feeling like you know what love is or seeing what love is in, in a household, I think that comes down to that. Again, you just, you're talking about you putting love on a pedestal or you putting hmm. certain relationships, the ideal relationships on a pedestal that ultimately is unattainable because the reality is that you could have, growing up in a household where your parents were married or your mum moved on or your, your, even even your the people that you were talking about who seem to have good relationships and then you found certain things out unfortunately that is that is marriage unfortunately that is marriage you know marriage is not perfect and you know there isn't going to be love every day there aren't going to be cuddles and kisses every day I don't seek for perfection I'm just going to interrupt you it's not perfection I think it's commitment and solidarity at times I don't think I've seen that that's what I'm talking about not not 
fairy tale love I think uh, just to confirm I'm not talking about perfection I'm talking about commitment I haven't seen that that in my life that's what I'm talking about specifically and yes I know there's ups and downs but I think particularly yes it's not attainable yes perfection is not but I think what I'm talking about is commitment of a longevity I don't know what that looks like and that's just how I feel about the situation fair enough fair enough yeah I mean I think it's so difficult because I can say that because my mum did get married and to my now stepdad and they've been together for a good long time it's nice it's really nice that I can look at that model I don't think anyone's a model let me just not let me just say that I don't think anyone's a model but I I can look at how a household with two adults a man and a woman can look like Mm -hmm. great that's great wonderful um it doesn't solve all the problems though because it's kind of Mm -hmm. like this is no like no disrespect because of course you know my stepdad he's great and we've had our, we've had our ups and downs but now we're, we're we're now in a good place and it's lovely and like I say that I love him and he loves me and it's great and it's wonderful but again it comes back to that you know your first love is you know as a girl was with your dad and I think what I've always struggled with is and what I realize I struggle with is trusting a man to love me because I've never had that. Mm. I mean, I've never felt like I've had a man love me. And I think if I'd had dad who loved me unconditionally and was always there for me and could always protect me and I can always rely on him, then I think that would be that starting place. But because I don't know mm. what that feels like, I'm then seeking this, what seems like an unattainable love from a romantic partner that I don't know what th- what that feels like. And then I think that makes it quite difficult. So you know, like I'm, I'm quite lucky. I think the reason that I've never really lacked like having a father in my life, well, the reason why I didn't like having a father in my life when I was younger was because I had lots of really amazing male figures. My granddad was amazing. I had lots of uncles and boy cousins and my older brother as well. And obviously later on my stepdad, but I think there is always that like little gap just because I didn't feel that. And I'm not saying that my dad didn't love me because the situation was so complicated. Even if he did, I don't know if he could show it, but I just didn't feel that when I, from when I was young. And so I think that now when I look at love, I'm like, oh, what, what does that feel like? And, I'm, and I'll never trust that I'll get that because I didn't have that from when I was a child. That's what I think anyway. I'm no therapist. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if I was a therapist, this is what I would tell myself. So... Wait, yeah. ther- therapy doing therapy on yourself it's fine just talking <laughs> about it is absolutely fine and it doesn't mean it, you know it's you know therapy it's just a tool right but at the end of the day it's for you to work it how you want and if it's if your own voice your own talking is it's one bit of therapy and if it makes you feel good after to take it all out of your chest then do it that's why we listen to podcasts. That's why we listen to all these things, you know, to kind of get it off our chest and to talk and reflect and to inspire um, others as well to talk yeah. about it. Yeah. Yeah. Do you feel like when you think about <clears throat> love and romantic love, do you, 
think about your that sounds really weird but do you think about like the love that your dad gives you and do you kind of you know some women are like you know my dad gives me so much love I can't settle for anything less like it's that kind of do you ever feel that way so it's funny because (laughs) I think I think I should have been very different actually because you know I don't demand for materialistic things but because I've told you like my dad would give me a chocolate bar you would think that's what I would want from a man does that make sense like like, materialistic things like if I'm always if my dad was always giving me like a carrot (laughs) I'm not trying to agree but that's what it felt like now in reflection but always like oh here's a chocolate bar here's your favorite chocolate that's great but then I would I would I would think that would be like that you know less demand for that Birkin bag do you know what I mean but I'm not even like that <laughs> I should be Birkin bag's quite different like if your dad was coming with no no if your dad was coming with like the latest bike you know every <laughs> six months like okay yes maybe I could equate that to a Birkin bag a chocolate <laughs> bar like I'm not sure <laughs> I wish I was the one for these stupid things anyway um that's that's you know what to be fair my my dad was good at gifts he would he was good at gifts he he um yeah I remember I remember the gifts <laughs> that's what I remember I remember the gifts I remember the he always drove a nice car uh, did you get some shoes from him one day some trainers boy you got better, better memory than me I, I think remember. I remember that I think I do remember really? that. Mm, I think I do I think Probably. yeah I remember yeah I remember the he was driving a nice car and he always he always there's one other thing he used to always do I can't remember but I remember taking taking to, to McDonald's but again it didn't make me <laughs> like one dime but it didn't make me like oh my gosh I don't know it was it was weird it's a bit like did, did you ever read Tracy Beaker not don't watch the film like read it did you read the preview? no not read it no 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 oh my gosh yeah, I'm not a reader. I, know. I was watching films. That's what I was I like, <laughs> trying to say. I feel like you, you need to go back and read those books, you know, because they actually were like life changing. No, no, no. I'm not even trying to be funny. <laughs> like, not even just Tracy Beaker, but all of Jacqueline Wilson's books were just. I used to, yeah, I used to read Jacqueline Wilson's books, some of them, but not all of them. I know it was the thing when we were growing up, of course, 100%, but I just never was a reader, as you, as you know. <laughs> that's fair enough fair enough anyway but Tracy Beaker she used to always um like boast about her mum like being a movie star and like mm. her oh yeah even you know coming and giving her gifts and this and the other and it was kind of like it was great because it's something to in your mind to boast about quote unquote boast about mm. but then it wasn't you didn't equate that to, to love as such so I don't know I get yeah anyway sorry back to you <laughs> that's all right this is fun <laughs> I think I did read a couple of the books actually. Now I think which ones did you read? Which ones? Did I you don't know. Simone, this is all of them. The Illustrated Mums. That was sick. I think that one. That yeah. one. That, that was that yeah. was really good with the mummy you've got. That had a nice glitter on on the front yeah. cover in it. Mm-hmm. This is what I'm saying. I'm all creative, guys. Come on, this is what I'm saying. I'm remembering the glitter and it was purple. I remember all that. But <laughs> that was blue. Not was inside. Um. Oh, she had. Oh, do you remember? Did you remember girls? Girls. Girls in love, girls, girls in another one. No, I don't remember that one. Sorry. Oh, that was like a teenage one. Yeah, it was so good. And then like the the one of the teenage girls, he was groomed by her teacher, and then she like got off of her teacher. It was mad. Oh my gosh, those are good times, man. Got off of her teacher. Yeah, it was really bad. Yeah, he that is really home. bad. He took her home, like, and he, and she kissed him, or he kissed her in the car, whatever. And then 
he had to like quit his job and it was all a bit of a mess to be honest while you was doing that I was watching Harry Potter so <laughs> <laughs> and while you were doing that I was reading Harry Potter so huh? oh whatever, whatever. <laughs> um um, yeah. um again lost our chain of thought you said you said do you do you do you look up the the love that my, mom, my dad gave me and then in the lo- yeah it's the relationships I have now yeah. um no <laughs> <laughs> no but one thing I was going to comment on was um you know I think my brother will say that he had materialistic things but he's a materialistic person anyways but anyways <laughs> I think he would think what you're thinking. He would say he would be like, "Yeah, you, I got all the materialistic things, but I didn't get other things." So, you know, it's all about different siblings and what they're receiving, right, and what they want. Anyways, um, I think I don't know. To be honest, I don't know what kind of love I, I, I'm trying to look for. Now. <laughs> <laughs> I really don't know <laughs> because now thinking about it, I think all the men I've been with, I think maybe I thought was like my dad but ended up to be the complete opposite (laughs) okay right in what way so I think all of them have been quite mysterious except from recently but like quite mysterious mysterious and that's probably what I think my dad is but when I get to know them they all have problems (laughs) (laughs) okay (laughs) Yeah, that's what I just think. But chance. This is gonna be exactly like your dad. You know this, right? (laughs) I know bones of your dad, but (laughs) if you if your dad is mysterious and then you end up being attracted to guys that are mysterious, I think that is enough of a of a correlation. I don't even know. I don't know. I don't know. I can't answer that. I'm really sorry. I can't. You said you mentioned before that your dad's quite introverted and then Mm you tend to date oh, yeah. guys that kind of keep themselves to themselves not that extra yeah. not outgoing whereas that's yeah. very outgoing but you're okay with having someone who's a bit more of a homebody that's a bit more of a yeah. yin yang I think that's what I always thought probably like you said now subconsciously it's always been yin yang I think um maybe I'm seeking I, I subconsciously am seeking somebody to be my yang um and I think my mum and dad although I think they are like chalk and cheese sometimes. I think both of them, like I said, are quite introverted anyways. And I know people will find out really weird who knows my mum, but I think I know why I'm saying that because she's my mum, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, yeah, maybe I'm looking for yin yang potentially to kind of like just calm me down or give me a different perspective. Um, Is that what yeah. Your dad does? Pardon? Is that what your dad does? I think my dad's always a curious person. Like he's the one that would be saying, let's research, research, research. Let's look at documentaries. There's conspiracy. I was watching conspiracies when I was nine, 10, 11, 12. <laughs> you know, that was that's like a normal thing in my household. But your parents are also but, very woke. So like you're not my mom. <laughs> mom is not. <laughs> yeah, my dad's very much aware of these things and it was a normal thing to be watching Roots at 10. Like, do you know what I mean? Like it's it's just how it was in my household. Um, or to some extent. Um, but but these men that I choose, they're not like that. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know. So what about, what about you? <laughs> 
Um, if I'm going to get really deep, I'm going to get yeah, really on, deep. Um, I tend to attract men that are very inconsistent. And I think, <laughs> and the more inconsistent they are, the more I am attracted to them which is awful oh, shit. <laughs> I don't want inconsistence. It's like the ones that are there, it's kind of like, you know, like obviously women are always attra- attracted to the bad guys, whatever. Mm. Or treating, treating, you know, treating me and keeping keen or whatever it is. I feel like I fall into that hundred percent. Like <laughs> the ones that if you give me your time and you give me your attention, I'm like, oh, okay. But then if you're like super distance, if you don't message me for two days and then you come back, that's when I'm keen. And that's when I'm like, oh, excited. And I, I associate that with, oh my gosh, I want to find out more and blah, blah, blah. And if I, I literally, it could be a very tedious link, but I could link that back to the inconsistency of my dad just never being around, never know when I'm going to see him, mm. but wanting to see him because he's there, but I don't, I just don't know how to, uh, you know, attain him. I can trust together and I think that's definitely if that's that's probably like the one not the one thing but I, that's that's probably the biggest thing I'd say like okay Simone you got some you got some issues like you got some interesting mm. okay okay do you yes. think that's the that's do you think that's the main thing then in consistency that you accident not accidentally but you subconsciously pick people that are inconsistent or yeah, or emotionally or unavailable. Emotionally okay. unavailable or just unavailable, <laughs> just not there. Have you have you come across men that are emotionally available then? And have you subconsciously repelled? Mm. Do you think? That's yeah, I've not been attracted to them for other reasons. Like if I look at the mm. guy who <laughs> if I think about him, obviously I was I wasn't attracted to him on a romantic level anyway but then you know he was very much like there um I think even even guys that flip if they start off unavailable and then they become Mm. available I like them a little bit less sounds terrible to say that sounds so that's so crazy Mm. and it's not it's not conscious and and I do try to prevent that but Mm -hmm. I think when I was younger I gave into that quite a lot like the, you know the ones that I knew that I shouldn't be with fine and the ones that kind of maybe started off that way and then they got they started to get more interested for whatever reason I just didn't want to I didn't want to be with them as much and I don't know yeah I think I think it has yeah yeah there's a few people that I think that could fall into that category okay and what would you do just not communicate them as often yeah, I think I would. Would you uh, detach mentally? Would you detach mentally, maybe? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Detach mentally. Um, you know, you just, and then you start to find the ick, don't you? If I look at boyfriend number one, he was so into me. And I think that's part of the reason why I just, I couldn't. Um, yeah, I think there's, yeah, there's definitely been a few people. And I think, yeah, I just, I detach mentally. I start to find things that give me the ick and then, or mm-hmm. whatever you want to call it. And then just not, yeah. But then the ones that were just not really able to give me anything, those are the guys that I was that, that I was absolutely infatuated with. So, yeah. That's so interesting. interesting. Yeah. 
it's really strange because I think that's probably the one thing that I can say negatively <laughs> that I probably do seek out unconsciously mm. um in a positive in a positive way I think the role model of like my stepdad I think I'm starting to kind of see acts of service more as a really like amazing trait because my step my stepdad is like so hands-on he's that one yeah. around the house he's the stuff that will you know do the DIY and he'll go and he'll run errands or like like one day for my birthday he just took my car and washed it like took it to the car wash and I was like good the best gift I've ever had (laughs) really happy I was way happier than I ever knew I could be because I was watching my car but it was like now I get why people say oh if you if you feel like my petrol like that's that is like that's an ultimate love language I get it because I'm happy to get petrol but if you do it for me oh my gosh my heart um and so I'm starting to realize that I I definitely put that higher in my in my priority list now like someone mm-hmm. who's kind of got all the way to to do stuff you know in order to kind of show affection as opposed to the normal stuff that I would go with which is you know I love my words of affirmation I love you know you know this you like this and I like that whatever all that stuff and quality time obviously very very important to me yeah but I'm starting to rate that more. And I think that is because I do see what my stepdad does. Yeah. And I, and I respect it a lot more. Yeah. And see how helpful it is for my mom as well. I think I'm like, I want to be helped out like that. I want that level of equality. I don't want to have to do everything by myself. Because my mom would, my mom is that kind of person. Like she'll say, I want this, I want this for Christmas. And then she'll go out and she'll, and she'll buy it for herself. And you're mm-hmm. like, but you asked for that for Christmas. And now you bought your own one because you just can't help yourself. But, you know, <laughs> and in some ways, I think we all, all of my siblings were quite independent in that way. We just get on with it and yeah. just, we just do it like my mum. But then kind of seeing when my stepdad is able to sort of sweep in and then help out, I see like, wow, yeah. that's actually what I need. <laughs> I need someone to help me. So Yeah. So you're more open to people that are mimicking your stepdad, so to speak, in some ways. I think so. Um, yeah. The more I, the but, older I get, and I think also the better our relationship gets as well. I think mm-hmm. I'm starting to like, oh no, 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 I see that quality. Um, whereas I don't think it was something that I really, that I was really that you know that kind of aware of before. Yeah, that's interesting. Mm-hmm. I think it's good though. That's a positive um and uh, I think you know as you get older you start to see things <clears throat> a bit more of the things around you and you say oh you know what I don't like as a model like it's it's, it's nice in that sense it's, like I think people expect the journey to be quick and straight and it's not it never is um and hopefully you can find somebody that's similar to your, your stepdad because I know your stepdad to some extent obviously not entirely and for me he seems like a a good man um and it's a positive I think so now that you're aware that maybe you're picking unavailable emotionally unavailable men do you think you're more conscious of it now you're more aware actually like after talking about <laughs> what's wrong with you <laughs> I'm laughing because I'm I'm like, are you gonna are you expecting me to say yes, I've changed? Because I definitely haven't. Yeah. So I definitely haven't. About a day ago, you were saying about how you lowering your standards and stuff. So. 
No, like literally, yes, because I'm realizing this pattern can't continue. But I've known about this for the last three years and I've still chosen the same people. So, oh, no. <laughs> so I'm oh, trying, no. I'm trying, but it's it's so it's so ingrained. This is the thing. Like, do you think you need to go to therapy? I think we could all benefit from therapy. I am no, no, I'm low-key scared of because I was somebody was saying the other day that therapy is like the hardest thing. Also, no, well, someone was saying the other day that therapy is very cliche of turning 30. You know, I'm not for cliches. So I don't just want to fall into that bucket of, oh, I'm in my 30s now, need to have therapy. Because I've actually wanted it for ages, but of course, never have done it. Um yeah. and B. I've also heard that therapy like really sucks at the beginning especially and um because obviously it makes you unpack a lot of stuff that you've probably been suppressing so I'm kind of like do I want to start my 30s like that I don't know (laughs) I don't know maybe I'll wait a year wait till I'm 31 give myself a bit of time just to sort of settle in and then do it um but yeah, no, I think I think definitely therapy does help with really unhealthy behaviours. But I think you have to be willing to acknowledge these things for yourself. And I think, you know, like you said, just talking about it and having that sort of being able to have those conversations, I think, is a really great step. And it shows you that, no, I'm, you know, that you're aware of yourself, that because that's self-awareness. You can't have therapy and not be self-aware. That's true. That's very true. You can't have therapy without being self-aware and the willingness to want to want to open it and expose yourself. Mm. It's like the podcast, it, this podcast forces you to have to say things you don't really think about every day or don't want to talk about. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, it's therapeutic to some extent. Mm. It is, mm-hmm. definitely. Uh, I do feel that, <laughs> I do feel that a lot of men don't acknowledge and this is a bit harsh because I'm sure it could apply to women as well but I feel like a lot of men don't don't acknowledge the uh, the impact that they have on their children Mm, 100% I think that you this could apply to women also absolutely 100% but I do feel that men are a lot more ego driven and so when a man says to you look if I don't have full control over when I can see my child I don't want to see that child they're not and they're not seeing the bent like sorry the benefit they're not seeing the impact that that will have on that child they're only seeing what works for their ego mm, one million percent they see themselves as individuals mm-hmm. and that's that's what it is is it's an element of selfishness um and I feel that you know what now becoming 30 I realized that I don't have any children but I always think that I'm quite selfishly thinking right now even though I'm not a selfish person but I'm I'm thinking quite selfishly now and because some men the mother's so hands-on and they're separate and now me being separate I can see how easy it is to not excusable but easy it is to fall into that selfish like oh yeah I'll see them next week and it's just so easy to be in your selfish in yourself if that makes sense mm-hmm. as opposed to actually like oh there's actually a child on the other side of that town <laughs> do you know what I mean <laughs> and because when you depart it's quite big actually because women let's say stereotypically a mother's always with their child mm-hmm. so they're never understanding what the break is but when a man that's not with the mother goes away it's like he's on his own world like that's it like nothing's there and that's at all 
this is what and this is what I used to think with my dad actually this is what I'm saying he was like a he would come lay the presents or whatever he would do in terms of the chocolate bar and the film and then he'll go off and that's why my mom that's what my mom used to drive my mom absolutely crazy because my mom my dad never used to see the picking up the clothes the washing the blah 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 because like my mom used to say it never stops <laughs> it never stops for me but my dad always had that time to regenerate and then of course he's going to come back happy because, because he's had this time. I don't know what he used to do, how many what girlfriends he used to have. Mm. That was a separate world. That was the time for somebody to be selfish. But mothers out there can't be selfish. Well, the, to what I know, some mothers can't be selfish. They have to, that, that, that child is their lifeline. That's their everything. And they will never leave them. But the man, unfortunately, he can come and go because a woman is so hands-on and I think sometimes the woman can be at fault because of just being too hands-on because it's not allowing the person to come in but at the same time I'm not going to take the take away the um the the, the blame on the dad as well I'm not going to take that away but I'm just saying that's what happens I think mm. so I don't know it's, it's a it's very deep it's very deep yeah I think I mean the whole co-parenting thing this is why it's another, I guess, issue. Um, I think I'm so set on the whole, like, I just really want to be married when I have children because it's, I just, co-parenting is just so hard. It's just so hard. And I just, and I know what, I guess everyone's like this, but I just think I would just overthink it to the death of the situation. And then just to try to get it right, because it's just so hard. And, you know, nobody wants a child to feel rejected, but then you can't really have any control over that parent. And, you know, we all know that, you know, having, being married and having a child does not mean, make, does not make your situation perfect by any means. But I do feel that because of, the way that I grew up and because there's a level of rejection that I feel through not having a dad or through not having a dad choose me I think that I just wouldn't want to risk my child feeling that way in any way shape or form so but one one situation we haven't mentioned is and we can't because well I don't know actually but it's those that are separated while married and that's also a different thing we're saying about marriage being that ultimate for you at the moment but there's people that go through a lot of issues that a lot of people do talk about. Oh yeah, my mum and dad were married. However, they were separated. Oh, divorced. Not to divorce, separated. Actually, in the ha- in the sense of they're married still, oh, but they're separated. And I've actually known a couple of people. Really, a couple. A few. Yeah, there's, there's quite a few men that I've not been in a relationship with, but I've spoken to that said, yeah, my mum and dad are separated, and I'm like, oh, okay, but they still live in the house, but they're not together. That's really interesting that dynamic. But yeah, there's there's a lot of dynamics to look into, and um... yeah, even that though, even like you know, people that stay together or stay in the same household to raise their children, again, it's just so difficult because I think, like you said, you know, we have you and I have very different journeys. There are two sides to it. There's there's the side of daddy issues there's there's a side of daddy issues in in the sense of you're seeing your parents together and then there's a side of daddy issues in your individual relationship with that parent so there are yeah there are two sides to it and I guess it's very difficult to have green on both sides yes and I think yes that's very true and I think that um you know, I've seen different sides to how people's perception of my, my my relationship with my dad. So I've seen the side that people say, 
well, your dad was in your life. I've seen, I've heard that many, many times. Um, and then I've had the side that says, oh, um, um, something like, oh, your mum and dad are not together. Oh, that's quite sad. Like I've had all different elements of it because my relationship is quite w- different, I think, and different because, like I said, my mum and dad haven't been together since I was, far, like, as long, my whole life. I can't remember them being together, to be honest. We've been happy together. I can't remember that. But at the same time, my dad was there and I, I would never, ever... I would never say to somebody, you know, I'm not grateful for that. I am 100%, million percent grateful for that. Um, But I think it was great, very good. And up until um, maybe, like I said, about, I think, late teens or mid-teens, 14, 15, when I was exposed to more of my mum's side of things, when my mum became a bit more open about how she felt about the situation. And I think that's when it dawned on me that, wow, like, it's it's just different um but that's something that we can talk about in the mummy issues episode but I think um everybody thinks that things are greener on different sides and things are better and worse and oh yeah but my situation it's not even about that I always feel like it's all it's all about how that person copes and where they are now in their life and how they've used that or not used that to their advantage because you've turned out amazing Simone like you know and I know it's always the cliche you see it in films like oh yeah you know they'll see you it, it is very cliche I want to admit that but you have and I think you know sometimes these situations it's like a, a diamond isn't it like they put pressure on it it makes you feel a certain way certain things in your life that push you to some limit but you evolve and you try and cope and you try and deal um, but we need to talk about it more if it's something on your mind. Uh, not you, I'm talking about people, women in general, men in general. Men need to talk about it as well. Mm-hmm. And they do. Men have bare issues. They have to. They have. they have to talk about it. Because you know what? Actually, I will say that even though a lot of the, so a lot of, it's just interesting. All the men that I've chosen, their families have been together. Mm-hmm. Their mum and dad have been together. They haven't been separated, which is really, I found that's really interesting. Interesting. So I've always been, oh my God. I'm like, I'm like, yes, yes. <laughs> I'm like getting excited. Like, yeah, that means that means their situation's gonna be banging. I'm gonna have no problems. Like, like how might I would just think so good of it. But however, a lot of these guys are like, well, my dad didn't really do much. And they they really see it as like their dad was just there. That he doesn't say much. And actually, that's an issue in itself <laughs> because their version of what they think is a dad is very like, well, I don't do much. So actually what they're doing is doing this, mimicking that, but saying, I don't need to do that. I don't need to go there because they're mimicking what the, the relationship was in that is in their, in their dynamic, in their family dynamic. So very interesting. It doesn't mean one way is better than the other. Some, sometimes, not all the time, but it's, it's different. What do you... The guys that you choose, are they mum and dad together or not together? Just out of interest. It's a mixture. It's been a mixture. Mm, it's been a mixture. Mine's just literally been straight up together. Like, it's really weird. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's quite strange, actually. I was I was actually speaking to someone recently and they were telling a story, a friend of mine, and they were saying their parents, his, his parents not together. But he once dated a girl whose parents were together and he went to the family home and he felt resentful okay shit Mm. that's another thing as well it's like you can actually end up presenting your partner because they have the family unit that you never had so I've had that yeah not with 
the thing is not with my mum and dad that's the joke it's not to do with my my cousins and just how close we are as a family in terms of like that kind of family dynamic oh yeah so interestingly what I wanted to ask you was when do you start talking about your relationship with your parents to your partners and then how do you phrase it and then how do they respond to that is it is it weird for you because I know my story is kind of complicated and it's so difficult to kind of introduce that to people and actually realize I've dated people for well I've been in situationships for like one year and not told them that my dad's died like literally wow yeah so so from you for you when do you like introduce them like your family set up and then do you find it difficult and then how do they typically like respond to that <laughs> this can be funny sorry <laughs> I think for me it's when it marks the question who do you live with <laughs> I hate that question <laughs> what what you're asking that question or they're asking that question both it doesn't matter who's asking it because then they'll say oh I live with my mum and dad or I live with my mum and that's when I go that's when it's that's when the conversation carries on sure. okay that's that's the introduction so it's quite I think it's quite soon are we allowed <laughs> to ask that question now I feel like I feel like that's very much yes I know ask, what you're gonna say that's why I laugh asking that question they just want to yes we know Simone okay right, I'm just checking just checking it's not just me jumping that's why I laugh all right okay <laughs> fine okay so moving on yeah. from that. okay cool <laughs> what about you Wait, so how do they respond to your family setup? Is it normal? Oh, sorry. Like... So I <laughs> I don't say that my mum's a single parent because I don't like it. I don't like that. So I just say my mum doesn't live with my, my dad. <laughs> and then I just say, <laughs> then I, then I say, oh, but I see my dad. That's what I say. I see my dad, but my mum doesn't live with my dad. That's exactly what I say. Okay. Um, and they say okay and then it depends how deep they get so if you're if they're probably in a relationship with me a lot of them see the thing is with the dynamic is that some people may think that my dad's been taking the piss all this time with my mum being able to go and please whenever they whenever he can sure that's the perspective that I've I've had from lots of men so my men men will see it as your dad is taking the piss kind of thing, and, and actually resentful towards my dad sure. and then talking to women is very different like, oh okay you got to see your, your dad that's that's the difference I see uh, again it's not until I had my first not my first boyfriend my second boyfriend in university he opened my eyes up to the man version of he's taking the piss and that's when I saw my dad a little bit different like so I think as I got older I've seen different layers to what my, the situation that I'm in um of course obviously you get older you understand a bit more whatever so I think the, the men in that I've been out with long term, they've always kind of not liked the way my dad has been carrying on, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, <laughs> that's how it's been. Does that make you see them differently? Do you get defensive of your dad or do you like, oh, no, I rate you for seeing the faults in that situation or what is it? How is it for you? I get... I get defensive because it exposes an area that I don't want to see that I know that potentially my brother has seen and I don't want to see it. 
Um, and it's taken me a lot to want to see it, but I ha- I've had to see it in different. I have seen it in different elements, but again, I'm trying to ignore it until recently. Um, so I think the first time it's happened, I became quite like, I could, like, like, what are you saying? Like, whatever. Like, you don't understand. You're not living. Do you know what I mean? But I, I get it from their point of view. I get it as a man, that, especially like I said, all the relationships have been with that whole like model relationship where their dad has actually done stuff like given them money or done the DIY or whatever that man role is, that high, that idealistic man, man role is. So they're comparing it to their situation and say, well, hold on, my dad did this and that. And that. If your dad's not doing that, that means he's not what you, you think he is. And for a man to tell me that, and of the age that we are, and my dad to be older, I was very defensive, like, you're wrong. Um, but I get it. Like I said, I get I get it from their perspective. Yeah. I think so, I think it's so interesting that your responses from men and women are different. I guess the only thing I can kind of maybe say is that when you've spoken about it with men, it's been in a very different context. If a woman will not be like, oh, your dad's flipping, taking the piss, mate. Like, a woman <laughs> wouldn't say that thought mm. it but then also maybe there's a part of us as women that we like to kind of see the positive um and then I guess also we like to kind of we we probably do put our relationships with our dads on a bit of on a higher pedestal than men do maybe but also a lot of these women haven't had children so I haven't had just a conversation with somebody that has had children so it would be interesting to understand so, for example, I couldn't have the conversation with your mum because that you're such a mum. Do you know what I mean like I don't know her like that? But I don't know many people our age that had children that can relate to that. That their perception might be different because a lot of the people that I talk to are single. So I think if if you're if if you're a mum, you'll be able to see it from a different perspective. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah. I understand. Yeah. No, no, I get it. I do get it. But then, but what I'm, but my, what I'm saying is that the men that you've spoken to they don't have kids, and they still see it from a different perspective. So why is that different? Because they're seeing, because they are the, they are the product of a ideal relationship, I guess, in the sense of that they can see the other side of what they think is an ideal relationship. They can see that my dad's not being that, and the reason why women with mothers may react the same is because they probably are thinking that if their if their partner acted like that or ex-partner, they would know they will be cussing. Does that make sense? So that's the two sides that are quite similar because that's what I think anyways. That's my perception of what I think. Mm. Do you get what I mean? Kind of. I, kind of. I think, I think what you're saying is that, and let me know if this is wrong, is that mm. when a woman, in, from, from a woman's perspective, if they have kids... And the guy is like, I can only offer them so much. They're obviously stuck in this predicament of, do I allow the, the guy to walk in and out of this child's life? Or do I just, do I set the boundaries? And I think a lot of women, they do allow the child, the, the father to walk in and out because they feel, feel like they're doing as much as they can for their child, right? And I think mm-hmm. a lot of women yeah. will want that, will, will want to say, I've done all I can. Whereas a lot of men for who might see it from the other side is like, no, that's ridiculous, that's no yeah mm. exactly yeah yeah something like that yeah so um yeah that's what that's what that's what I, I think um yeah what about you so when you're when do you talk about your situation 
yeah, I just find it, I find it so hard. And I just, I mean, like I said, I barely talk about it with you. Like <laughs> I might have a period like for two days of the year where I might want to open up and then I just never talk about it ever again for another year. But my question is, why do you find it hard? Why? I know it sounds like a silly question, but why do you find it hard just to say, just to say, I think why, why is it hard? I don't know. I, I do feel like, I think there's a fear of from a, from in romantic relationships. Is that what you're talking about? Mm-hmm, yeah. There's a fear that I would be judged, like because I don't have a relationship with my dad that I might already be boxed into that she's got issues. Oh, um, I, I, fear, <laughs> I think I fear that. I think I also... Um, it's just so complicated that I just don't feel like talking about it and it's just too much to kind of delve into and I always feel like it's just TMI and I always I always um with when it comes to relationships again it's like you know the ones that are a bit mysterious that don't ask too many questions are the ones that I'm more attracted to and the ones that do ask questions I just feel like I don't want to make myself vulnerable to them so it's kind Mm -hmm. of like about keeping myself at a healthy distance I think a lot of times um so it's kind of like a no questions asked kind of if it's not asked I don't I don't volunteer the information so I remember when I went on I remember two cases I went on a date with bleep this out I went on a date with my first date with him and we talked about everything and he actually said to me like, oh, what's, I think he, I don't know, I can't remember who opened up with, with what, because his parents, like they would, they got divorced or whatever. And um, he kind of opened up about his kind of quote unquote daddy issues and quote unquote mommy, mommy issues, whatever. And then I sort of talked about mine and then but I sort of said, oh, I don't really like to talk about it. And he was like, why not? Like, you should just be open. You should just, you know, say whatever you want. And I think it was that kind of like, here's your permission. I always feel like I need to have permission to open up. And then in a completely opposite scenario, when I went on that park date with that guy early on, early on in the year with the. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He talked about everything from like I think because we knew when we see when we saw each other we knew that we weren't compatible so we were like look let's just have a good time let's just let's just kind of be free in it so he was he was free and he was like oh yeah you know I the dad I thought was my dad was not really my dad this that and the other I found out about him when I was 24 or 21 or whatever it was um all this stuff, da, 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 went off, went off, went off. Then I was like, oh, right, really? Oh, my situation is this, this, and this. And he was like, oh, flipping out, your situation's awful. I was like, excuse me, you're the one that's on the Jeremy Carl show, mate. Like, what's going on here? Like, it's it was so funny. It was like struggle wars. It was so funny. <laughs> but, you know, that I think that was like one of the first times that I've just kind of spoken freely and just not given 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 a shit and even though I got that response it was just funny because I was like nah your situation is way worse than my mate like it was just very like humorous but (laughs) but um yeah I don't know I just it's just it's just a lot to share and I just I'm just not already not incredibly comfortable with talking about you know my relationship with my dad and or my lack of and the consequences of such and then I think to open it up to someone else who I'm going to be getting into romantic partnership with, I think is just really like daunting. And I just try to withhold it. 
So I think the latter is the true reason. That's what I was trying to get with. Get got, Sorry, that's what I was trying to get you to say. Because what you said at the beginning, not in a rude way, was just, I, I, I disregarded it because I actually think it's because of the latter. I think it's because you're, you're, you want to, you're still, and it's okay. You're still thinking and sorting out your the, the relationship with your dad so maybe you don't want to expose it quickly enough because if you if you if you have to talk about it with them that means you have to open up those emotions that you don't probably want to do at that precise moment that's what I'm taking because I because somebody recently I'm, I was talking to they said it quite freely they were like oh, my, my dad passed and he said it just very like it was just not nothing but he was able to do it because he was at that, that point that he could do it if that makes sense so I think it depends on where, where you feel like you're at and it's okay. But the only thing I will say is that I think we're not experiment because <laughs> it's not like we're 22. <laughs> but I think, I think, I think, I think, um, I think, try, I think maybe see if you can. I think I, I hear what you're saying and, and I hear what you're saying and I, do understand it and I do to a to a degree agree with you but I think that as much as the fear of being vulnerable yes 100% but then also it just opens up all, again just kind of worms because I'm saying I'm gonna be like yeah my dad passed away when I was 15 and I always feel the need to follow up with in so many words it's not that deep because again like I said to you people will they'll be like oh my gosh I know that must have been tragic and so traumatic and yes to a degree but for different reasons so it's kind of because of that relationship and then I have to open up about the relationship and I have to open up about why the relationship was like that and I have to open up about this and the other and then again all those other fears of yeah like being judged yeah just kind of exposing my whole business all the other things just kind of come into it and yes but ultimately it is that whole I do find it difficult to be vulnerable with men so which kind of I guess was kind of tells off, tells off from what we I was talking to you about the other day about being emotional in front of like partners and just not really like showing that and actually asked one of my guy friends I was like do you think I'm an emotional person they were like mm, no <laughs> and I was like I mean they were like you might, you might be in secret but you're just definitely not to me and I was like oh okay Oh, it sound like a heartless bitch then. Okay, fine. <laughs> but, you know. But I, I can understand that, though. <laughs> I, can, I can see that, yeah. It's not really a surprise. <laughs> but but it, it depends, it depends oh. what you mean by emotional. So men might have in their head that you crying at, on a, fi- at a film is emotional. Does that make sense? So I... So I don't think that's emotional. I just think that person is just very cryy. <laughs> but it depends what they mean as emotional. And I would be interested to understand what that means to them. Does it mean like crying at every opportunity? Or does that mean like emotional, like you're you're passionate or emotional about certain it's things? It's emotional. I think emotional is just emotional. It's like, it could be crying, it could be sad, it could be excitement, it could be blah, blah. I don't know. It could be a lot of things. I think probably when you think emotional, you just, you do think crying, don't you? You do think, you yeah. think tears, but, you know, just, or anger or whatever it is, just you, you associate it with like a lack of control of your emotions. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's, that's probably part of the reason. 
well I'm not emotional if I associate with lack of control but like but you associate it with just you know you know being emotional Mm. but I I think I yeah I work really hard to be perceived as being put together and talking about my dad uh is not that it doesn't it's not it's not it's not on brand it's not on brand Anyway, do you think the right person you would you will be able to be? I know it sounds silly, it sounds stupid in that question. Or does it? I don't know. Do you think it's because you haven't found the right person? You can't. You haven't been exposed yet. It's not silly. It's not silly, but I I don't think there's a right person that will make everything right. I think you you think you still have to work on yourself, and I think that's still up to me to work on. So when the right person does come along, I'm in that place to 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 change that behavior. Why do you think there's a right person that will kind of? I I think not right person. I think there's a right, like it's a moment when you're ready to do it. When you're ready to be in that space to talk about certain things, there's a right moment to do it. Um, in, in yourself when you're ready, and the question is, are you ready to date? Then, if do you feel in a sense of if that this is a big enough challenge? that you can move on from to date and be, in it, be vulnerable. Does that make sense? Or do you think you need to, mm. you have to have that time to work on yourself to be able to be vulnerable for somebody else, with somebody else? Mm. Mm. Good question. I don't know. I feel like it's something that is ongoing, isn't it? It's like, I don't think there's like, I'm, I'm going to reach a point where, yes, I've got all the answers and yes, I'm ready to date now. I think it will be like an ongoing thing. And if I meet someone in that time while I'm also working on certain things, there's nothing, I don't think there's any, I don't think I should stop because I'm not fully there yet because there's no being fully there. Yeah, that's true. That's a good answer. I mean, yeah, what is perfect? What is the right place, right time? No one knows. It just happens. It's all good timing, really. <laughs> but I do think, you know, it doesn't, again, this might be my fantasy, like, Disney moment thing but I do think that if you are just clicking with that person it would just come out like it just it doesn't matter they don't have to be the one it don't, they don't have to be longevity but that guy that you described you just felt you know what let's I'm going to talk about it and you did it's not like you can't but he wasn't the right person was he but I'm not saying that <laughs> I'm not saying he has to be the one that's what I just said I just said that it d- depends on just sometimes if you feel like doing it you feel like doing it I just know that if when I have my partner, I want to be able to be vulnerable. Um, yeah. Yeah. I just, yeah, it's a, it's a diff, I mean, it's a difficult one, isn't it? I was just going to say that I think I'm going to just start crying on second dates <laughs> just to get a response. I just want to, I feel like, <laughs> I feel like seeing how you ha- seeing how you respond when someone's being vulnerable is is actually pretty tells you a lot, you know. Especially when it comes to like being that protector. I think a protector knows how to handle you when you're crying. And I need to start. I need to start putting that test out there from early, early, early. <laughs> I think initially I might be seen as not emotional, but as you guys know, I'm quite an emotional person. <laughs> Um, but I think initially I give give off like I'm just so super strong I got the shit together I don't really 
whatever but when I get on a relationship and I become more <laughs> emotional and more and more like um exposing of my feelings and passion and whatever I feel like that person's just not ready for it so they're like what's going on and it's just I don't know yeah yeah, yeah. it's annoying actually <laughs> yeah it's a tricky one I don't know I just yeah well yeah I think we definitely went on a bit of a tangent from our initial topic but I guess it's all kind of related because I think sometimes we see our parents handling certain situations and then we feel like we have to handle them in the, in the same way and then I think sometimes that can kind of like prevent us from truly being vulnerable and being vulnerable to our partners so yeah it's it's difficult it's it's difficult but we're all learning we're all just trying to kind of unpack ourselves <laughs> like let's unpack this let's unpack our entire selves unpack our minds our emotions our past and just try to, just trying to kind of just be better and just work on things and ultimately just be the best version of yourself and I don't know I feel like you need to be able to do that by yourself you need to be able to create that by yourself but then I also feel that you should find a partner you should be able to find a partner or be able to date someone who also helps you to bring out that side of you as well so yeah yeah exactly and I think um this whole thing about like you said like daddy issues it's it's an onion right there's just so many layers like just keep unraveling there's just so many things like some people might say this and some people might say that and it's just there's so many different challenges out there and I just think it helps to talk about it um just for people that you feel like you can talk about it with um and to have an open ear to everybody's situation regardless if it's this or that or whatever um and not being able to and not be, and also having confidence to discuss it and say this is how I feel about it I feel like this I don't feel good I don't feel good or whatever um yeah it's a difficult one but praying for healing for everybody that's going through anything um and needs the healing time and um, there's no time scale mm. like you said it's an ongoing process with these things um and yeah absolutely absolutely all right then I guess we should wrap up now thank you guys so much for listening to our stories to listening to our um just our perspectives and just kind of coming on this journey with us it is a journey um so hopefully you guys also found some comfort maybe some enlightenment maybe some self-reflection or could just relate to you um you know any of our stories or both of our stories um so make sure you share this podcast make sure you share this episode and follow us on instagram at the dating game podcast on twitter at dating game pod and use the hashtag the dating game podcast to get involved in the conversation we'd love to hear from you also message us directly as well and yeah we will see you next week guys bye bye